Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults Podcast. I am Lynn Pryor, and I am joined with my co-host, Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris, things going well for you this week? Things are good. I'm looking forward to today. Uh, great to have Jim Wilson with us today. We've worked with Jim in the past and can't wait to uh, see what comes out of this conversation. Yes. Yeah, so what we're doing is we are launching a new study on spiritual disciplines. And uh, when go back a little bit when I, I kind of do the outline development and Chris came to me and says, I've got just the guy who needs to write a study on spiritual disciplines, and it's Dr. Jim Wilson. So I uh, made the contact, we got acquainted, and thankfully, Dr. Wilson has agreed to write this for us. Now, uh, Jim, let's just touch base for a minute. Let, uh, let's get people acquainted with you. Uh, you are a professor of leadership formation at Gateway Seminary. Yes. Uh, I hear the title, so tell us exactly what you do as <laughs> professor of leadership formation. Well, part of my time is spent as a professor, about half of my load is taken up that way, and I teach applied theology classes. We call it leadership formation because we're not just teaching leadership, we're forming leaders. And so I teach a leadership class, I teach preaching, uh, and some other things in the doctoral program. And the other half of my load is taken up in directing the doctor of ministry program uh, at the seminary. Okay, well, great. And over my years, I have written a lot of curriculum, and I've written two books. Jim, mm -hmm. how many books have you written? Uh, quite a few. Oh, come uh, on, give us the number. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, <laughs> how do you want to count them? If you count everything I've contributed to, uh, worked on the team, and so forth, it's over 40. Um, a lot of co-authors works, a lot of anthologies of sermon illustrations, work for Logos, for Accordance, and Word Search software. Uh, so it's been quite a bit. I don't have an unpublished thought, Lynn. <laughs> okay. Well, I do appreciate your, uh, your con contribution to the kingdom of God through your writing. Thank you. Yes, Thank we you. do. And Future Church was one of the things that was my introduction to you, Jim. Uh -huh. um, um, and you were, you were spot on to help us look oh, at what you. is was going to happen and it has 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 happened it is happening so yes, uh, thank you all right so what jim is going to do do for us in the next uh over six weeks is he's going to walk us through several spiritual disciplines uh you know the prayer the fasting uh even talking about our uh involvement with the community the church community but this first session it's kind of kind of hitting why do we even need to talk about spiritual disciplines? So the focus we're going to have for this first session is the idea that growth in Christ occurs when we practice spiritual disciplines. Now with this, we're talking about more than habits. I mean, I think all of us have habits, right. uh, whether they're good, <laughs> bad, or just quirky, but we all have habits. But to me, a discipline, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but a discipline is far, far more than just a, a habit it's it's there's a just a, there's a little more intentionality in it you know because the english word is used in different ways we often go towards that it takes discipline to do it uh, but a spiritual discipline is simply things small things that we do to cooperate with god as he's shaping us in his image and the thought is uh, in romans 12 1 and 2 where it talks about uh, how we are transformed uh, by the renewing of our mind. 
uh, that transformation that takes place there is a divine passive. In other words, we're told to be transformed, but it's God that's doing the transforming on us. However, if you look in what Paul writes there, he says there's some things for us to do. Mm-hmm. We're to, uh, to uh, not be conformed to the world. Instead, we're to be tra- uh, our mind transformed. And so the thought behind spiritual disciplines uh, is that we are participating with God as he is shaping us back into the image of Christ that's been marred by sin in our life. I think that's a great way of saying it. And uh, let me just tell our listeners, uh, Jim, you just quoted yourself. It's a book you wrote, but, but, but we, right. you, you grab that. Uh, you'll see this in your personal study guides uh, in, in this first session. And let me read that again because, Jim, I think this is such a great way to describe it. Those small things Christians intentionally do to open themselves to God's work of conforming them to the image of Christ. Pow, that, that, that's good stuff right there. That's and there's a tendency of folks that, that want to introduce new spiritual disciplines to their life to do it as a novel way of approaching the Christian life. I think the more informed way is to look at what's happening in our life that is not God-honoring, and then to say, as God is working on me with this, what can I intentionally do to contribute Uh, to him shaping me back into the image of Christ. And so if I have an issue of entitlement to where I feel like the world owes me everything, then what can I do to participate with God as he gives me a more Christ-like attitude? And it may be secret service, doing something without anyone knowing, going down to the rescue mission and working, Uh, you know, doing something without talking about it because it helps, it helps, for us to be uh, recreated as, as uh, sanctification is doing. So we'll talk about this at the end of the session, but let me just plant this with you guys now. Uh, one of the things that pro, pro is prohibitive to us developing and growing sometimes in our Christian walk is the fact that we don't know or see, we lack awareness of the things in our lives, maybe that like entitlement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, see that in ourselves. So sometimes as being a part of the church and being a part of a group, we have the opportunity to be surrounded with people who love us and care for us, who can help us to understand and see some things. Uh, David calls them the, those, those secret sins or those uh, Psalm 19. What's the term he uses? Make me aware of uh, those things in my life that, uh, are not healthy and helpful, or it, it, it's it's not secret sins, but it's just those kind of things that that we don't see. Yeah, well, there's some that's unknown to us. Yeah, there are some things in our life we can't see, uh, but those around us can, and that's why we live out this faith in community. As messy as church life is, give me a better alternative. Mm. Uh, the, in that community. We speak truth to one another, and uh, we're able to grow. Just thinking a lot of that happens in marriage, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, it it does if we're open to listening uh, to uh, what what our spouse has to say and and not get defensive. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Well, where are we going to go? 
we're going to be in 1 Timothy 4 to kind of launch into this idea of spiritual disciplines. We're going to look at the first 10 verses, but let me just, uh, especially if you're leading a group, but for everyone just to be aware of this, the heart of what we're going to be talking about, why we need spiritual gifts and all that, it really comes into the last section we're going to look at. But to reach Bye. that last section of 1 Timothy, uh, the first 10 verses, we're going to look at some uh, two previous sections that are going to build up to that, okay? So keep that in mind as you talk with your group uh, as you go into this. So as you look at the first three verses, we're going to kind of first lay the groundwork to say that the world seeks to destroy the things of God, which is where Paul was talking to Timothy. He said the Spirit, the spirit explicitly says in the later, later, later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, the teaching of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose conscience are seared. And so he goes on to talk about they forbid marriage uh, and they demand abstinence from foods, things that God created with gratitude for those who believe and know the truth. And what Paul's beginning here says, here's some things of God that are good things that the world has destroyed. So we're just setting the stage for where we're going with spiritual disciplines. So, yes, so what are some of the things, uh, let's put this in our context, what are some good things in, uh, to today that our culture today tends to distort? Anything come to mind? Well, the things that, uh, that Paul mentions is here is, you know, marriage, uh, food, uh, the, the very things that are in the text, uh, culture is doing that, you know, specifically with marriage. Sure. It has gone from one man and one woman to now it's, who are you to say who I can love? And, uh, you know, that shift uh, is a dangerous one uh, because it's adding additional, um, it's adding additional teaching to the creative order of, of God. Uh, you know, I mean, that sounds amazing. I should be able to love who I want, but that's not what the issue is. So um, the, the pattern continues that, and then Christianity is pictured as a religion of don'ts. Right. And it's because the world and sometimes worldly Christians have added prohibitions to what the Scripture teaches. And so we become known as the people who don't do something rather than the people that embrace something. So we're labeled as intolerant because we have specific biblical standards yes and we're the only group that's no longer tolerated yep right you know it becomes a very strange thing uh that uh, that happens and we're viewed as narrow-minded bigots uh, because uh, we just take what god has given us that is good and is pure and is wholesome and then aspire to that Uh, but whether it's the world that's adding the prohibitions or whether we add them. It's a dangerous track. You know, it's not just that we're supposed to follow the scripture, but we are not to add to it. And uh, there are uh, sometimes the church loses uh, the generations that are coming up because it's prohibiting things that the scripture has not prohibited. That's good. Good. Well said. And so uh, that kind of gets us into our second uh, passage in First Timothy 4, we're looking at it, starting in verse 4, this idea of what we should do instead of adding to it or taking away, just focus on the truth that God has given us. Uh, he yes. says there in verse 4, everything created by God is good. Nothing is to be rejected 
if it is received with thanksgiving. Why? Since it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And then Paul goes on to tell Timothy, point these things out to the brothers and sisters. You do that, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. So again, focus on the things of God, lift up the truths of God. I love verse 7 have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths <laughs> then what do we talk about chris <laughs> i mean that, that's it's that's our whole world isn't it well uh it it can be that uh whenever we have taken this faith and this relationship and we uh, boil it down to a set of do's and don'ts uh that uh, are not necessarily in line with the teaching and, and so we end up with these silly myths that and, and, you know, internationally, it may be something completely different than what we wrestle with contextually in the United States. Internationally, they may be adding uh, things like, well, if you ever drink a, a carbonated beverage, you're out of the will of God or, or, or something like that. Just right before we started this podcast, I was on Facebook and a pastor friend of mine, uh, he was having to address a silly myth. It's, it seems to be rising and I want to go into the details of it. But just a lot of Christians are embracing a lot of just dumb conspiracy theories. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he was having to say, guys, I'm going to sum it up. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to do with silly myths. Stop it. Uh, so uh, it, it's always rising its head somewhere or another. And so that reminder, guys, just don't have anything to do with that. We cannot conflate our political views. Uh, with our understanding of the scripture and and when they get woven together uh, I, th I think one of the best things that folks can do is turn off the news channel of their choice <laughs> and uh, maybe spend a little time in God's word the Bible will shine an incredible amount of light on culture if we'll only read it good if word. we read it that's a good yeah. idea if yeah. we read it now, or Chris, be a part of a, of a Bible study group group that gets together and talks about God's yes. words. <laughs> yeah. Now, you picked up, Chris, that section on verse 7 where he says, have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. But it's what he says right after that, right on the heels. Have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. There's the call for us to do whatever we need to, those, those little... Um, uh, Jim, as you described it, those uh, intense, small in things we do intentionally to open ourselves up to God's working. And this is classic Pauline spirituality. Yes. He says, don't do this. Instead, do this. You know, in Ephesians 5, he says, don't get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. In 2 Timothy 2.22, he says, flee youthful lust, but instead pursue righteousness. Ephesians 4, put off the old self, put on the new. Galatians 5, don't be controlled by the flesh. Instead, be live by the Spirit, exhibit its fruit. And, and now right here in 1 Timothy 4, he says, don't focus on these pointless myths. Instead, do something productive with your life. Train in godliness. This is just the way Paul thinks, and it needs to become the fiber of our spirituality, not focusing on what we're giving up for God, but what we're in hot pursuit of, what we are pursuing with passion. That's great. It kind of falls in line with that. There's, we are known so much for what we're against. 
I would rather we be, be known for what we're for. And so, yeah, we do take the negative out, but we don't just focus on that. We got to put something in its place. And thankfully, as Paul, as you pointed out, Paul points out, here's the things you put in those places. Repeatedly. So, you yeah. know, when, when he's talking about spiritual growth and and development. This is always the pattern. Well, always is too strong, but it's the usual pattern he has. Stop this. Start this. That's right. All right. So he he makes the analogy of uh, of training for the our bodies, and so we see in our culture um, a deep commitment to to diet, exercise, training that I think our people will be able to connect with. But he makes the point that. The benefit of that is limited, but godliness is beneficial now and in this life and in the life to come. Yes. Uh, so, so strive for those things that, that, that last forever. There's another interesting way that this analogy parallels. Uh, there are more people that are members of gyms than work out. <laughs> yes. there, there are plenty of folks with broad waistlines that can debate what the best diet plan is and the real goal is not to know the word but to live the word and so we've got to move from just thinking stop doing a negative thing as being enough and we have to stop thinking that just understanding the Bible is enough. It has got to be lived out. It's got to be demonstrated in our life. And usually at this point, we say something like, yes, so we can be a good witness. Instead of doing that, what I want to insert, yes, so we can know God. Exactly. Even just this morning, I posted a blog called The Bible is Not Doctrine for Doctrine's Sake. But it's that same idea that, I mean, we want to study the Bible to know the doctrine, but too many of us, that's all we want to do. We want to talk about the jots and the tittles, the historical background. That's good stuff, but it comes down to how does this, God wants to use this in my life for transformation, not just information. And why do you think that is, Lynn? Why, why do we have that tendency to lean into that instead of application? It's that thing. We're always looking for that nugget. I've never, I didn't know that, you know, those little kind of things, but it doesn't require anything of me. At the end of the day, I've had this fun study where I've learned all these little nuggets and maybe we debated about something, but I can leave the group and I don't have to change my life. There's no call for me to make a change. That's what we love about Bible Studies for Life. It, it really is about life. It really is about life application. How can I take what we've talked about as we've looked together at God's Word and apply it to my life? And there's going to be marvelous opportunities for us to do that over the next six weeks as we uh, do this study on spiritual disciplines. Right. The Bible is to be lived. It is to be savored. It's to be loved. Ultimately, it is to be lived. I loved what you had to say about we do this to, to know God and be known by him and for him to do his work of transform, transformation in our lives. Um, I, th I think we miss a lot of that in the church today. And uh, hopefully people who are involved in Bible study on a regular basis uh, will identify with, with the truth that we're going to be talking about again over the next few weeks. Well, and I suspect that God is going to work out what he's going to work out in our life. The question is, is he going to do it with our cooperation? <laughs> and, and oftentimes, he works it out through difficult times and times of suffering 
and uh, some harsh realities. And I, I think we may be better off to go down the path of finding ways that we can cooperate with him as he's shaping us into his image. Sure. Well said. Well, listen, we want to thank those of you who are listening to this podcast. We want to thank you for listening. And we hope that this has been enriching for you as you've had a chance to, to listen to Jim and to, to look with us um, together at the scriptures. So thanks for listening. You are a vital part. Um, of our work we we appreciate you hope that this is beneficial to you and hope that you're sharing this information with others i'm going to give lynn an opportunity to say a couple of things about some other uh, things that we have available uh, for you and then we'll talk about uh, maybe some of the things we i referenced earlier about how we can help people in our groups uh, to deal with some things about uh, spiritual disciplines in just a moment Sure. Thanks, Chris. Now, what Jim has provided for us in our personal study guides, or perhaps you're using the Daily Discipleship Guide, that's the content that he wrote around 1 Timothy 4, uh, and really with a strong life application. It keeps coming back to um, our lives. But if you want something that's going to also just go just deeper into the passage itself, um, we have a resource called Advanced Bible Study. We also have one that's called the Herschel Hobbes Commentary. The difference between these is Advanced is based on the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, the Hobbes is based on the King James. But what's different about these is it is just going to be pretty much straight commentary uh, to help you unpack 1 Timothy uh, for the first, the first 10 verses. Uh, it's not to replace that personal study guide. It's just to give you a little more biblical background, context, uh, especially for those who are leading groups. If someone asks a question, you know, hey, well, what, what, what exactly did Paul mean here? It gives you just that fuel to do that. So let me just encourage you. Uh, you go online, check out Advanced Bible Study, or if you prefer a King James approach, there is the Herschel Hobbes Commentary. Chris? So if you are a part of a group or if you lead a group, uh, you will have the opportunity over the next six weeks to talk about spiritual disciplines, those, those practical things that we can do that allow God to do that work of transformation in our lives. So what I want us to talk about for a few minutes and would like to involve you two in the conversation is uh, what are some specific concrete things that we can do in our groups to help people to do some spiritual assessment about how they're doing, where they are, um, some questions that we can ask to help people to consider uh, I mentioned earlier those blind spots. Uh, the New American Standard is presumptuous sins, I think is what uh, yeah. David uses in, in Psalm 19. But what are some things that we can do to help hold the mirror up to people so that they have a clear reflection of what's going on in their lives so that they can see and understand some of the things that they may need to do and to adjust in their lives so that they are making the time um, to uh, create these disciplines in their lives. Now, Jim, when we were working with soul searching, uh, I know one of the things that you talked about was um, s from a fasting perspective, we typically think food, uh, mm -hmm. but you, you encouraged readers in that book to, to, to fast from social media, uh, to put their phone down, to, to, to make a decision not to go on Facebook for a certain amount of time. So those are the kind of practical things that I want us to be able to get to. But can you think of some things that we can do to help the people, the, our group members to look at their own lives 
uh, to see maybe some areas where these disciplines may be, may be beneficial to them. Chris, I think the most powerful thing that a group leader can do is to begin the starting point to be a commitment to allow God's word to transform his or her life. And then uh, before asking the members of the group, in what way do you need to grow, to in a transparent moment, share what God is saying about how I need to grow and what my, our needs are. And that's risky, uh, but it's the difference between seeing yourself as an expert or seeing yourself as a guide. And um, a, a, a good group leader is guiding people into this relationship with God for them to be shaped. And so um, I, I think the best teaching grows out of the growth that is experiencing in my life right now. And so instead of approaching this, just saying, how am I going to teach this? Approach it saying, how am I going to allow God's word to shape me? And then be willing to share that uh, with the people that you serve. And uh, I think if I'm open and transparent and honest, not using that as a teaching method, but using that in, in reality that I need to grow too, that it will encourage others to do the same. I agree with that. I think that the strongest uh, uh, experiences that we have will be when we're talking about those things in the present tense. But I think a, a, a person who's facilitating the group can also talk about some things that they've struggled with in the past sure. or some things that, that shows some vulnerability uh, and, and says, you know, we need to communicate in that, um, in that idea of being transparent of, you know, I don't have all the answers. There've been difficult times, seasons in my life. There's yeah. been things I've needed to deal with. And here are some of those things. That's a that, good word because we need to be appropriately transparent. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think that makes a world of difference because now I have a leader who is walking with me. Right. Feel to it. Now, uh, Chris, the one thing I think about in the assessment that you've already kind of alluded to it, uh, no, maybe not so much assessment, but how do I engage these is that idea that doing it together, uh, perhaps if it's a challenge about getting more deeper into God's word, uh, a deeper prayer life, that we challenge each other, a sense of accountability. I don't mean that in a legalistic sense where, okay, I checked it off. Did you check it off? But that we walk down this road of disciplines together. Uh, again, that's the value of, of being in a Bible study group. It's a great word. It really is. really is. I know that, um, in a conversation we had earlier, Lynn, um, I think in a podcast that we recorded uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the what happen, what can happen in in these kind of interchanges when people are transparent and are talking yes. about the things they struggle with. That it opens things up for others to to, to say, "Oh, I'm I'm not the only one that has problems. Right. I, I have this person has the things that they're dealing with." So. Uh, I, I think a lot of times people feel like they're alone, that they're the only one that has this problem. And uh, it, this is an opportunity for us to, to help folks uh, to see that we, we are all pilgrims walking the path together. And uh, there are, there are struggles that we all have and we need each other. Amen. That's great. All right. Well, I hope some of this is helpful to you again. Thanks Jim for being with us today. Well, my for joy. 
Thanks for writing this material. Lynn, thanks for leading us in this conversation. And again, most of all, we want to thank you who listen to um, our podcast on a regular basis and hope that over the next uh, five or six weeks as we do this study, that this will be beneficial to you and to your group.